Welcome to the Diligent Podcast, where we make Bible study come to life, and I'm your host, Joshua Cantrell. So thankful, so appreciative to be with you on this day, uh, wherever you are, whether it's working out, just driving in the car, hanging out at work. We're so appreciative for your attendance and your participation, uh, not only to the Diligent Podcast, but as I always like to say, for all the podcast under the Scattered Abroad Network. For this second season, I am talking about context matters. Context, context, context. Again, when we are studying a passage of scripture, it's so important for us to be diligent and attentive with that passage of scripture uh, to make sure we don't say anything or try to prove a point that the author was never trying to use. I want to talk to you all today um, from Matthew chapter 17. Of course, we'll look at some supporting passages to help us with that particular text. But in the world in which we live in today, there is so much speculation about the church. Um, How many churches did Jesus establish? If Jesus um, only died for one church, then how do we get some uh, 52,000 plus different forms of religion in the world today? And I think, you know, just kind of talking off um, off the top of the head, I think the reason for that is, is because God has given us a standard. As I like to say, God has given us a pattern. And when God gives us a standard or when God gives us a pattern to follow, come to realize many people don't like to follow that pattern. Here am I in Georgia. If I were to have a clothesline from Georgia all the way to Dallas, Texas, and let's say on the clothesline it was a, I don't know, a plain blue dress. We can be dressed the same in Georgia, the same way they are in Texas. All you have to do is give me the pattern. All you have to do is give me the standard. Why do you think when you look at it from sports, uh, baseball is played the same in Miami as it is in Seattle, Washington? How is the game played? Well, they have the same standard. They have the same rules and regulations that governs them, that helps them play the game the way it's supposed to be played. The same thing is true with the word of God. God has given us a pattern. God has given us a standard. And when we go out of that standard, when we begin to prove points that the Bible never intended to prove, we are coming out or we are moving out of that standard. In Romans chapter 6, verse 16 and 17, if you remember that Paul says, no, ye not. That to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants, ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were past tense the service of sin. King James Version says, but you have obeyed from the heart. I like to say you have obeyed from the heart. King James Version says form of doctrine. I think a better way to put that is pattern of teaching which was delivered you, then verse 18, then being made free from sin, ye became the servants 
of righteousness. Context matters. And in this particular instance, we are talking about the church. Now, of course, different verses in the Bible certainly help us understand uh, certain things we uh, read about context, especially Old Testament, New Testament, vice versa. And so with that being said, I want to look at with you a familiar a passage to many of us, but also I understand it may not be as familiar to many of us in the book of Exodus. Now, in the book of Exodus, what you find in chapter, of course, we know in chapter 20, Moses goes on top of Mount Sinai. He and God are, are having that conversation. Um, God is writing with his finger uh, the first law a man was going to have. And of course, we know from Exodus chapter 20, to Exodus chapter 32, they're going to be at the base of that mount, uh, taking us all the way to Numbers chapter 10, verse number 10. Uh, there Moses counted, uh, of course, that 603,550. So in Exodus chapter 25, and verse number 1, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel. Verse number 8 says of, of Exodus 25, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Now, in this context, God here is eventually talking about the tabernacle. But in chapter 25, he is specifically talking about the Ark of the Covenant. Verse number nine, he says, according to all that I show thee after the pattern of of the tabernacle. My friends, God has always been about pattern theology from the beginning of the world. And what I mean by that is God has always given us a structure. God has always given us rules and regulations that governs and that lead our lives. Just think, just think about this for a second. Before God gave us the mosaic worship, the tabernacle. What did God do first? God, first of all, he closed down that patriarchal worship. Job chapter one, verse five, Job acted as a priest on behalf of his entire family. Uh, Hebrews one, one and two, God who in sundry times and divers manners spake in times past, here it is, to the fathers by the prophets. So of course we know there was a set time under that patriarchal dispensation. Patriarch means father, archie means rule. Under that specific time in history, the father acted as a priest on behalf of his entire family. Now, what you find is God closed down that patriarchal worship, and then he gave us the mosaic worship, where the priest um, acted, uh, or excuse me, where the tribe of Levi uh, acted as priest on behalf of God's people. And of course, we know at this time, Aaron uh, was going to be the high priest, and there he was going to go into the tabernacle, uh, the Holy of Holies, once a year to offer sacrifices for himself and for all of God's people as well. And then, before God gave us New Testament worship, Colossians 2, verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, he nailed that to the cross. And so God is only going to allow one way of worship at one point in time in history. So God doesn't have all these different ways of worship going on today. And so, unfortunately, uh, people say, well, you worship God how you want to worship God. I'll worship God how I want to worship God. We'll sing Kumbaya. We'll say amen and we'll go home. Biblically speaking, that ain't right. That's not right. Because again, God is only going to allow one way of worship at one point in time in history. Now, uh, in Exodus, excuse me, and, and uh, where am I? Matthew chapter 17 here. In Matthew chapter 17, what we find here is a conversation taking place between 
Jesus and Peter. Uh, and we also read about how Moses, verse number 13, John the Baptist is with them. And so in Matthew 17, verse 1, the Bible says, and after six days. I always like to pause there because, especially when I'm preaching Matthew chapter 17 and trying to make this point here with brethren, the Bible doesn't say after six weeks. It doesn't say after six months. It doesn't say after six years. The Bible says, and after six days, it doesn't take long for people to want to change the word of God. The Bible says here, and after six days, just six days, Jesus taking Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringing them up into a high mountain and was transfigured before him, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as light. Verse 3 says, and behold, there appeared unto him Moses and Elias talking with him. Verse 13, again, we find out who that is. Verse number four, the Bible says, Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and run and one for Elias, as I like to say, Peter here wanted to, Peter wanted to open his own construction company. <laughs> Peter said, Lord, let's, let's just, let's just, let's just, be, you get a tabernacle, you get a tabernacle, everybody gets a tabernacle. Peter said, Lord, let's just, let's just give everybody a tabernacle, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elias. Peter said, let's everybody just have a tabernacle. Doesn't that sound familiar in the world today? Well, if you want to have a church, you go over there. If you want to have a church, you go that way. You're fine. Don't worry about this person. Don't worry about that person. You are you are great just the way you are. Definitely sounds like our world today. But the Bible says in verse number five, while he yet spake, while he was yet running his mouth. Now, again, verse number four, the Bible says, let's make three tabernacles. That takes us back to Exodus chapter 26. Because in Exodus chapter 26, verse 1, the Bible says, Moreover, thou shalt make the tabernacle, the tabernacle. And then in verse 1 down to verse number 5 there, God gives Moses some instructions. Now, in Exodus 26 and verse number 6, the Bible says, And thou shalt make 50 tatches of gold and couple the curtains together with the tatches, and it shall be one tabernacle. How many did Peter want it to build? Peter wanted to build three tabernacles. So in Exodus chapter 26 and verse number 6, here is God himself giving Moses strict instructions. One tabernacle. Moses said, okay, I got it. Here you get over in, in, in Matthew, 20, Matthew 17 and verse number 4, Peter said, let's build three tabernacles. Verse number five, the Bible says again, while he yet spake, I always find that amazing because while Peter was running his mouth, the Lord had to say, hold up, wait a minute. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and he's crying out to the father, father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done. You don't see God letting that cup pass from him, do you? Here you have these Roman guards coming to arrest Jesus. Judas Iscariot is leading them. You don't see God stepping in saying anything. Now, I'm not saying he can't say that, but I'm just saying that for the sake of emphasis, for the point I'm about to prove. 
When Jesus goes to Pilate's hall, they spit on him. They mock him. John 19, verse 1, they scourge him. You don't see, you don't read about God stepping in and saying anything. Now, again, that's not saying God didn't care. God didn't know what was going on. Just saying that for the sake of emphasis to prove a point here. Uh, when he goes to Calvary's hill, he screams out, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? They pierce his side. They put him in the tomb. You don't read about God saying anything. But the moment Peter said, let's build three tabernacles, God said, hold up, wait a minute. You know, sometimes at weddings, sometimes the preachers say, speak now, forever hold your peace. It's almost as if God, figuratively speaking, is kicking down the door saying, hold up, wait a minute. The Bible says, while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. God said, Hear ye him. Peter was trying to mess up God's scheme of redemption. And God said, Wait a minute. God said, Stop. You see, my friends, when we take verses out of their context, and we and when we don't look at the verses with the with our first century glasses on, when we don't look at them uh, the way in which the author intended for us to look at them, my friends, we get all types of confusion in the world today. Peter said, let's build three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elias. Peter said, man, let's just have a let's just have a good old time. And God said, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. God says, I want you to listen to him. God says, I want you to heed his word and I want you to heed his instructions. My friends, context matters. When we're preaching and teaching and, and helping people overcome things with the word of God, my friends, we have to say what the Bible says. We have to cut it straight, straight. We have to be diligent in our studies, 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, Hebrews 4, verse 12. But most importantly, my friends, when we preach, when we live, when we do everything the Bible commands us to do, we are giving people the truth. It needs to be less of us and more of him. And context matters because if we interpret one passage of scripture wrong, we can be in a lot of trouble with the God in heaven. So context matters. Context, context, context. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Diligent Podcast Season 2 on the Scatter Abroad Network, where we make Bible study come to life. And I'm your host, Joshua Cantrell.